Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your Monday afternoon edition of the PHLY Eagles podcast, Bo Wolf, Zach Berman. It's great to be back with you. Get this like raw animal machismo back in my life next to me as opposed to over Zoom. Good to see you, my friend. Never been described with raw animal machismo, but it is great to see you. But everybody's thinking it. Are they? I'd say so. I suppose I'll take that as a compliment. Absolutely. Uh, No, it's great to be back in, in the studio talking Eagles. Uh, after another win. we got a lot to talk about, yes. Zach. Uh, most of all, most importantly, how was Emily's birthday? <laughs> it was nice. I appreciate you asking. We spent, uh, yeah, we, we had a nice weekend, and, um, yeah, it was, it was a good birthday. I mean, technically, you spent the birthday I spent the birthday working at the game. and then having dinner with me and dear friend uh, Tony Ascent. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, we, we celebrated on Friday and Saturday, and then yesterday was... A work day. He said, Emily, I've got stuff to do. Hey, we've been together for yeah. about 10 years. And she knew so the deal. She, uh, she knows Sundays in the fall are, are work days. We met in the spring, so that, that's probably... Also, all day. days in the fall are work days. That's true, too. Right. And, and, and as, most of the summer you are, when you're working on a and book. Most of the spring, and then, yeah. yeah. And free agency, the draft. Yeah, when you're Zach Berman, every day is yeah. a work no, day. No, there's, there's, there's like three, four weeks during the summer when the Eagles offices are closed Nothing's yeah, but not this on. summer. <laughs> not this summer, but future summers. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully uh, more of those in the future. Let's, uh, let's get into uh, what we have to talk about because there is so much to talk about. Yeah. But uh, why don't we start with Nick Sirianni spoke today. We had a chance to talk to him. There is some key injury news that, that we should probably unpack. So why don't you tell us what that is? Yeah, the big piece of injury information is Cam Jurgens. We saw him leave the game yesterday with a foot injury. Uh, he is week to week, and week to week in football parlance is multiple weeks, right? You're going right. to be out multiple weeks. Day to day means like maybe this week. Right. Uh, <laughs> week to week is like we're thinking about putting you on IR. Yes, exactly. It's, 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 it's a multiple week injury. Uh, Jeff McLean of the Inquirer reported uh, a foot sprain, 
Uh, so we know it's a foot injury, and he was seen exiting yesterday in a walking boot. And so the Eagles are going to turn to finally, at last, Sua Opeta. Nick Sirianni confirmed. Well, this Opeta. is interesting. Opeta is the next man up. There was a question. It was a good question about Tyler Steen. Obviously, high third-round pick, someone who ostensibly was competing for the starting job going into camp. It wasn't much of a competition, as you predicted. Uh, but Tyler Steen is not going to be the – it's not like they're going to look at Steen and Opeta this week. They're going with Sua Opeta. Well, and he – Sirianni, like, lit up. It was like he was me talking about Sua yeah. Opeta. He's like, Sua was outstanding. Standing yesterday, and we thought so during the game, and then we watched, and he was unbelievable. And Lane is coming up to me after the game, talking about how great Sua was. So it was interesting that that uh, they had no, no secrecy about who that's going to be. I also think that it is just generally interesting. You know, you know that I love like any kind of backup offensive lineman minutia here, but. So Jurgens Jurgens is out, right? Mm -hmm. And Jurgens was not just the starting right guard, but presumably that, yeah. the backup center. Not presumably he was right. The he was the backup center yeah. on game day. Opeta gives you the the two guard flexibility. We saw him play for Landon Dickerson a week ago. Now, if it is going to be Sua Opeta at right guard, which Sirianni says it is, if Steen is up, has he learned to play left guard? He didn't take any left guard snaps in the summer. It was just right guard and left tackle. So is he going to be able to play both guard positions? Is Jack Driscoll now the guy who's going to be have to be the, the more flexible one? And who's the backup center? My guess is, is Landon Dickerson would be the backup center. The only other thing they could do is bring up Julian Good-Jones or Brett Toth, uh, or they can go and sign Josh Andrews. Mm -hmm. uh, but no, my, my guess is when you're talking about an emergency situation, uh, you'd probably put Landon Dickerson there. Dickerson didn't Like, can snap. Sue a snap? I haven't seen him snap. We, I have never we, seen we, him do we, it. We yeah. know Dickerson can. There was talk when they drafted Driscoll that he could play there, but we haven't seen Driscoll there. So of, of those eight, uh, you know, the five starters, uh, putting Opeta in there, and then Fred Johnson, Jack Driscoll. It probably won't be Fred Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack Driscoll, Fred Johnson, and Tyler Steen. Landon Dickerson would, would be the best option if something were to happen to Kelsey. Now it's been, you know, a half a decade since something's happened to Kelsey, that's but you a, just never know. Well, that's a, and he does. He misses snaps exactly. from time to time. Yep. You know uh, that happens. Pun intended. Yeah, that's true, and not intended, but okay. it worked. Um, it does give you sort of an appreciation for like not only is the like the post Kelsey world you're worried about like what level of play you're going to get there, but it is hard to like overstate how important it is that he's just been available for so long. Like it's not just can Cam Jurgens replace. Jason Kelsey, it's Cam, Cam Jurgens play at a high level and stay on the field so that we're not having to see whoever the you know, next backup center is. Yeah, I, I see Ash in the chat says make a trade for Michael Dunn. Michael Dunn, of, mm, of course, now we're talking. Brown's interior offensive you lineman. Know, and the I husband, think the Browns could use a first-round pick. The husband of our former producer, Marissa Dunn. Um, I, I would say I take pride in you know, my, uh, my objectivity, no bias involved. If Michael Dunn's on the roster, that mm. would be uh, that would be tested in a big way. You'd hand in your badge. <laughs> I wouldn't. Like, I wouldn't do that. Me. But like, I would. Yeah, I might have to recuse myself sometimes of mm. of objective analysis. Yeah, I would uh, not recuse myself from anything. I would just, uh, you know, I'd I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd reboot uh, the Bo Football Focus website. I'd be giving him a hundred every game. Yeah, we we know how that would go. Uh, but no, but the, to uh, to to get back to it, it is. It, like I, I've spoken to Jeff Stoutland in the past about this. He, he learned this from Nick Saban, uh, that 
when he, he worked with Nick Saban, Saban would, would quiz him. If this happens and that happens and that happens, what do you do? Uh, so this is, these are the questions that, it's, it's not like us filling up airtime. This is what Jeff Stoutland's going to be figuring out this week. If Kelsey misses two snaps or misses a, a, a drive or is out for the rest of the game, what do you do? And you bring Dickerson over. Now, what happens if both Dickerson and Kelsey are out? Then what do you do? Like, these are all things sure. that, that they discuss because they've been in these situations in the past where they've had to juggle multiple spots. Uh, so, it, but the, the more important thing, of course, you know, we're, we're spending time talking about the emergency situation. The more important thing is you have Sua Opeta in there. He's, he's played meaningful snaps for the Eagles before. But welcome back to the starting lineup. Aaron Donald's on the other side, right? Mm. Um, it'll be really fascinating to watch. And I did find it interesting that they weren't going to have a competition or any like. Cloak I think and it's interesting. I think Tyler it's worth uh, the Tyler Steen of it all. I think yep. is is not curious, but it is interesting because this is a guy who was a third round pick. He, they took him before Sidney Brown. Yep. You know, one pick before, but this is the guy that they really wanted to add, and. It makes more sense. It's more explainable to say, like, we don't know about his uh, versatility between the positions. So on game day, we want to have the veteran and Sua Opet up. It's a little bit different to say, okay, you've got a full week to prepare. This is the position that you played most of the summer. In theory, this is your opportunity. And I don't, I don't, it's not like a, a red flag or anything, but I think it's probably on paper a little bit disappointing that the third round pick is not going to be able to step into the job he was presumably competing for in the summer? Yes and no. Uh, now, the, uh, there is a part of me that, that wonders, is he better right now at tackle than at guard? Mm. Because he did play both in the summer after it became clear that Cam Jurgens was going right. to be the starter. Okay, number one. And number two, Isaac Sayamalu was a third-round pick, high third-round pick. Right? Sure. And, and this is yeah, this is saying nothing yeah. about like predictive yeah. of what his career is going to turn out to be, but just like you would have probably expected this guy yeah. would probably be ready to start as the backup in by week five of his rookie year. So so with Isaac, I, I vividly remember that 2016 season where like they weren't sure what the best spot for him was and they were figuring mm. it out. You know, he was a center his last year at Oregon State. I, I, I believe he played basically all five positions i mean he you know doug peterson howie roseman would would always tell you that ravens game that december 2016 isaac samalu played left tackle but he he plays so many different spots that um early on in his career they were trying to figure out where he's best and then once he kind of had more reps at guard and, and, and settled in there that was his spot but tyler steen he was a guard by projection, not a guard by practice, right? I mean, his experience has been at offensive tackle. So uh, th there is a part of me that, that wonders, is he a better tackle right now than he is guard? I think that's, that's a real question, probably. Um, and, and then as for the, the Sua part, I mean, you know, I love the guy uh, because he was one of the, the first uh, Bo Wolf camp crushes. I think he was first or second. Um, but I, I do like it is fun. This is a guy who has sort of been... Uh, undervalued or uh, like on the on the periphery of the of the roster for a very long time for him to get a shot to play well to light up Nick Sirianni's eyes I'm excited to watch what he does yeah and uh, Jason Kelsey was praising him after the game Kelsey actually said he always plays well against the commanders so Opeta. oh interesting yeah I, I, I actually associate we all know that I mean I that's, associate that's, Opeta that's... more with the Giants hmm 
Is that a, 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 no? No, you're more of an opeta chronicler. Yeah, no, I just I like that Kelsey's saying that. Is yeah. like, oh, everybody knows, like <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, but, you know, but the he Phillies was hit Sandy Alcantara and uh, Itsuo Opeta always kills the Commanders. I, so, so by the way, we should point out. I, I see in the chat there's talk of the UConn shirt. Bo's sister. Yeah, no, I'm getting dragged here. It yeah, seems like, Bo's and that's sister fine. Is an assistant coach for the UConn women's hockey team, and you were there this weekend. I got to make my first trip to to State College. Happy Valley. They came away with a with a dub and a and a tie on the road against a, a high ranked team. So shout out to UConn. And you had some good ice cream as well. We did. We took your. Uh, Advice went to that creamery. Kids had a good time. Huge portions. Mm. Uh, very good ice cream. Talking my language. Now, the, uh, were, do you remember like the bee situation outside there with, with no. the ice cream? Oh yeah, like rabid bees oh, all okay. over the ice cream. So we, we took Kids it to, to a different bench. Yeah, Jane was was very not happy about that, but worked out okay. Uh, yeah, I like to I like to stay college for my four hours we were there. To give our we, we paid our respects to the Emily Berman statue. There you go. <laughs> appreciate, appreciate nice ni nice ice rink. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the the, it, the, the, it's pagolas, the yes right? yes. I I know my NFL owners. Yeah, <laughs> I know you do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, had a good time. So yeah, I'm repping. I'm I'm yeah. I'm repping the Husky. So that's what this is here. This isn't like a Charlie Villanueva, um, you know, appreciation society. This is UConn women's. No, but I do like the I do like the thread here of like uh, I look like a guy who should be wearing New Balances <laughs> and uh, you know going to going to Home Depot to buy my. Uh, you know, supplies. I think that's funny. I think that's good. Uh, one other injury thing. This did not come up in Sirianni's conference call, but, um, you know, Jeff McLean of the Inquirer reported that uh, Britton Covey's in the concussion protocol. Mm. So that would affect the Eagles from a punt return situation. My uh, presumption would be if, if Covey does not return, and actually I saw an interesting stat uh, the other day. It might have been... Was it the Adam one about Schefter. how the Eagles are 4-0 in games in which Sua Peta plays at least 15 snaps over no, the past two years? No, that's a good stat. Okay. Uh, no, oh, now that, it's interesting. I see. That, uh, that no one who's been in the concussion protocol this season has mm. returned for uh, the, that weekend's right. game. So they're saying like it, it might be a little harder to clear the protocol now than it's been... The, I, I don't know. It, it might be kind of a, a bug... If you will, as as I mean, it's a small sample yeah. thing. It's also um, it should be hard to yeah. get out of it so, within a week. So we'll we'll see what happens with Britton Covey. But if Covey does not return for this week, then I would imagine Alamdi Zacchaeus is the punt returner mm. because they don't really have like a clear next option as we saw during the summer. And then, what is your understanding of? Sidney Brown, Justin Evans, Quez Watkins, their ability to potentially play this week. Yeah, Quez Watkins returned to practice last week on a limited basis, still recovering from that hamstring injury. But I imagine the fact that he was on the practice field is a good sign for his eventual return. Uh, so the Eagles are back at practice on Wednesday this week, but I'm expecting Quez to be back. Sidney Brown did not practice last week at all, um, but I, I, I do think there's a chance he could come back. Actually, Sirianni referenced that today, that there was a possibility. And then the, the uh, last one, Justin Evans, he was questionable going into the game last week. A neck injury you always have to be careful for. Far be it from me to, to give you know, any type of diagnosis or prognosis for it. But the fact that he returned... I think we could do like a Dr. Berman segment. <laughs> Uh, I can stay at a Holiday Inn Express. Isn't well, we should get them to advertise before I say that, right? Yeah. Uh, no free ads. Yes. Uh, except for UConn women's hockey. Yeah. Yes. And the creamery. 
Uh, and this water bottle. Yeah. But uh, point being that the fact that he was questionable last week and had returned to practice makes me think that Justin Evans is on the path to return. But I do think, I mean, not to change the subject from the injuries, I do think safety slot corner is going to be something that the Eagles are going to look hard at because I think Bradbury's better on the outside. And I understand, you know, you're going to have certain matchups when you face it's hard. a Cooper Cup or like they could this week. Uh, or, you know, or, um, you know, if there's a tight, you know, Travis Kelsey when he's in the slot, Darren Waller if he's in the slot. But overall, I'm not thrilled with looking at the rest of the season of James Bradbury on the inside. Yeah, I think I agree. It's hard because I do think that that is their way to get the best three corners on the field right now. But I do also think that you're getting less out of Bradbury there. And until, like, you know, they didn't even, like, switch things up yesterday. Now, they didn't have Sidney Brown, so they couldn't flip to that uh, situation. But, you know, they could have said, let's give Mario Goodrich another shot and let's see how he does on the inside with Bradbury on the outside. They didn't do that at all. Um, I, think, I think it is something that they would be interested in. And I also sort of think that it is a position that, as much as we hear about how difficult it is to play, there are lots of, like, uh, cromulent veteran nickels who might be available who, who could shake loose from bad teams. Want to define cromulent for our audience? Playable. Okay. Might as well just use playable then. Well. I like cromulent, though. I don't know. <laughs> um, so... Uh, yeah, that's 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 gonna be interesting to monitor. I I, I I think that's a position they could add. I do wonder, like I think safety too. I mean, what's Goodrich doing on the roster? If if uh, right, I, th- I think yeah. if they have to make a move, I think yeah. that's if, yeah. if if he's not if he's if he can't play now, then then what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. Um, All right. Well, uh, no free ads, Zach, but there are paid ads. Hmm. So let's talk about let's talk about DraftKings. You know, I did I did hit on a uh, a nice bet this weekend. Call me a uh, call, call me a turncoat if you want. Took Europe minus three in the Ryder Cup mm. over the U.S. Easy money, nice you're, payout. You're not too. very patriotic, are you? Listen, there. Uh, you know, if if uh, Patrick Cantlay and Xander Schauffele are going to be whining about needing to get paid, I'm going to take the guys who really care about the uh, care about the event. Uh, anyway, things are heating up at the ballpark. We're excited for the uh, the Phillies playoffs here. And every team is playing to finish the season strong and make it to the playoffs. Well, they did make it to the playoffs. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you won't miss a moment of the baseball action. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball. Plus, all customers can take a crack at a sweet payday with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. String together multiple bets from a single game for your shot at a major payout. So, what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code PHLY. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHLY. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles in Louisiana, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See 
dkng.com slash baseball for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply speaking of of uh of placing bets uh, you know if if one was watching you know that game in london yesterday and mm. was 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 like I, I wonder if there's any good props for this early morning game and it's like Oh man, Kyle Pitts is only over fifty and a half. His, his number's only fifty and a half. Like, that's 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 easy money, right? I mean, you can see where uh, <laughs> that that wouldn't be an advisable strategy. Uh, actually, the Kyle Pitts over um, went has, to John o. Smith and said has has not been. Um, very uh, oh, fruitful this year. Oh, you've been, hitting, you've been hitting that on a weekly basis. <laughs> and, and if, if, Jeez. if what a what a fa- what a like a gambling fallacy thing that is to just think it's got to hit at some point. If you're someone who like has multiple fantasy football teams and is like Kyle Pitts is going to have, he's he's completely undervalued. Your teams probably aren't doing very well right now. So. Mm. Uh, Sorry, maybe you should. I'm not talking about me. I'm just saying, uh, theory. in theory, someone who might if live you were, that if, way right. near where Kyle Pitts. If grew you were, the, if you are the kind of person who sort of built your entire player evaluation strategy around who was a high pick and who was from near Philadelphia, mm-hmm. then yeah, that that might not be gr- be so great for you. Well, it worked for DeAndre Swift. Mm. It worked for a little bit of time for Will Fuller. <laughs> um, did not work so well for Sheree Floyd. Mm. Uh, Jalen Strong. Uh, didn't like, work so well <laughs> third round pick though uh worked well for matt ryan worked well for joe flacco uh, i'm trying to think of some mm. other ones I've, i i covered during my past 12 years in philadelphia here covering drafts uh yeah you know when i was at the inquirer i i used to every every draft season i would have to do something on all the local guys so mm. I, I've, I've spent a lot of time on players from the philly area but you didn't have to do it. You Mike wanted McGlinchey to do it. That was worked your... out well for Mike McGlinchey. Worked out well for him, not for the teams he has to play for. <laughs> worked out well for him, though. Uh, yeah. yeah, worked out very well for him. Yeah. Uh, all right, Zach. Let's. Uh, you wanted to issue a, a moa culpa, as we mm. like to call it. Uh, tell us. Tell us why. So when I was on the show with you, with you yesterday, I agreed with Nick Sirianni about the way they approached the final drive, mm. uh, the final offensive drive, and I, I said. The objective is to score. There are times when, like Sirianni said, you try to kind of slow it down. You end up sputtering. Things could happen. Like I said, there could. I still agree with with what I said. There could be a penalty there. There could be a hole. That's true. You know, there, the objective is not to score, though. The objective is to win. Yes. Yeah, so uh, where I will give my mea culpa is that I changed my opinion. They should have. What a big, what a big, yeah. big thing of you to do. They should have massaged the clock a little more. One timeout left for Washington. Second and four in that situation. I, at the very least, get them to use that timeout. I, I, I do something on that second down play that would get them to use that final timeout because then you're in control. Like Now, do you think that Jalen checked to that play at the line? So it's interesting you say that. Uh... When I pursued that line of questioning after the fact, I was not given, um, I, was, I was told you can't tell, but A.J. Brown said on the podium, it was a good check by Jalen Hurts. Mm, yeah, A.J. is so, the one who, he's the only one who you can trust to tell the truth there. So, uh, so you know, they're, they're keeping it close to the vest, whether that was, a, you know, Nick Sirianni said that was a good call by Brian Johnson. 
But AJ Brown said it was a good check. Well, and it's hurts. also the kind of thing where the call could be, this is the play, but if you get this, then exactly. feel free to check to yes. that. Um, uh, and, and the question I, I asked Jalen is what he saw on that play mm. that made him do it. And that's when he said, uh, you have to have a feel in that situation. You know, I, I don't want to be too much like taking the aggressiveness away, right? Like mm-hmm. if he sees something and wants to, to go for it, that's fine. But I do think that there is like, for all of the amazing things about Jalen Hurts, it doesn't seem to me like he has the same um, like psycho game management brain mm-hmm. that you know Peyton Manning had or uh, Patrick Mahomes seems to have, uh, which is a little bit surprising given like just how much football he's played. Yeah, um, and it's it's not just that. It's like it's stuff like the end of half timing stuff. It he doesn't have like the most perfect internal clock sometimes, and like when to when to run. Uh, when to scramble, like in, in terms of re- relating to the game clock, I'm not, not even talking about like pocket management. Um, and that's fine. That doesn't, that he doesn't have to be like a hundred out of a hundred on that. But I do think that that play was a little bit, it was, it wasn't the optimal play. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's fine, but it's not, it's not like there were 30 seconds left mm-hmm. and, you, you score a touchdown instead of going for the field goal because you, who knows if you don't get yep. the first down, who knows if you, have a, if you have a fumble or a penalty, and then you're trusting your defense to hold it off for, for 30 seconds. I mean, a minute 40 with a timeout, even if A.J. Brown doesn't get that taunting penalty, is not a crazy situation for a team to go score a touchdown. And there's like a lot of evidence to, that, that tells us that teams score more on those drives at the end of the half because that is their only objective, right? Um, and like you said, four yards away, if with, with one timeout left, if you get a first down, you, the, the worst thing that's going to happen, aside from a fumble, which I guess is possible, is that you're kicking a field goal. And by scoring, you are opening up the possibility to what Ron Rivera should have done. Yes. I they should have gone that. for two. Exactly. If you, yep. if you sit on that ball, the worst thing that happens is you go to overtime. Unless, you know, barring a, a yes. Herman Edwards situation, exactly. right? Exactly, yep. If you score a touchdown there, the worst thing that happens is you lose the game mm-hmm. before, before it gets to overtime. And that is what probably should or could have happened. So a few things there. It, and that doesn't absolve point. the defense. Like the defense yeah. needed to do a better job on that drive. But that was a, the defense wasn't great yesterday. So you knew that that was a possibility. So I'll, I'll, I'll do my second part first because I, I, I want to respond directly to that. What actually started to sway me was on my drive home last night, I listened to the post-game show in the car, mm. to you and Jamie talking about it, and I thought you made a great point about the Super Bowl last year, right? Like, that's... It the, felt very similar. So, when Washington scored, I assumed Ron Rivera was going to go for, for the two-point conversion. It, it makes... <laughs> he, gives a terrible, it, he gives a terrible explanation of the offense was gassed, as if, so like... so was the defense. <laughs> so was the defense, and instead, if they're gassed, how about you play one play instead of having to play a whole nother... <laughs> exactly, yeah. I, that made no sense to me at, at all. Um, you, you know, I'm, I'm always... An, I, I talked about that Baltimore game, by the way, in 2016. The Eagles didn't get the two-point conversion, but when they tied it up in Baltimore, they went for the two to win, because I, I don't even buy into, like, the home road thing. Sometimes I buy into the, to the favorite underdog thing. Um, but your odds on a two-point conversion are, are typically, like, plus or minus 2% of the 50-50, right? Yeah. And I would take those odds over winning a coin toss, 
driving downfield and scoring a touchdown. And or, knowing that you were yeah. the underdog coming in. Exactly. So I, w- I was surprised they didn't do it. But, but, but first, you know, before I even rewatched the game and kind of dissected the situation, when I spoke to you after the game, it was in, it was all raw. Like I was watching it in real yeah, time. Yeah, that's, that's okay. And then, uh, and then I, I heard you frame it that way. And I said, that, that makes a lot of sense. I, I actually wasn't swayed. I, I watched the end of the Chiefs-Jets game, and mm. that, that didn't sway me, although Patrick Mahomes did the right thing there. That was a different situation. It was more just, just not allowing Washington to dictate to, to win the game at all. And yeah. the two-point conversion would have allowed them to win the game. And so that's what, that's what swayed me there. And, and you and I talked after, after the Super Bowl that we are both of the opinion, had they gone down and scored, they would have gone, would have gone for, two. for two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so that that uh, that's part of, of why I, I, I changed my answer. Now the thing I do want to add to this is when you watch the game back, when I watch the replay back, and then the Eagles have put out some clips um, from you know they have a, a great team that, that that videos the game and they give you some behind the scenes stuff. Uh, they were fired up after that touchdown, you know, and I heard in the locker room player saying like Jalen was like after that score, he was, and that might go speak to what, what, what you were saying is that Jalen's mind is like, right. You don't want to take that away. Yeah. yeah. So there's, there's a part of me that says, well, is there like a morale thing for lack of a better term? Like they, when they scored, you see, you can check out the clip. Uh, I mean, always go to our YouTube page and then, you know, PHLY Eagles and all PHLY.com. But the Eagles, if, if you go to the Eagles Twitter page after you do that, they had something today of behind the scenes of AJ's touchdown. And you see uh, Lane Johnson celebrating with Jalen Hurts there. Like, this was not a normal touchdown for them. They were, they were besides themselves in, in, in excitement. But Sirianni has to do the game management part of it there. And I don't want the ball in Washington's hands with a chance to win that game. And I, and I think that there are, like we talked about at the end of the half, like this is a Sirianni thing. It's, it's not just Jalen. It's like the, it's the whole conglomerate of mm-hmm. who are the decision makers yep. in the game. And so this is a Sirianni thing too, and also the offensive coordinator. But I, it does lead, like the, the game management stuff does leave me a little bit wanting. It's, it happened last week at the end of the first half. It happened this week at the end of the first half. There was in week two at the end of the, end of the first half, they had like, was it 25 seconds left yeah. and a time or a no timeouts, but didn't even go try to go get a field goal. It happened in the Super Bowl at the end of the first half. They're, like they're just the, um, their, their clock management, not to just use the old Andy Reid thing, but like it's not, uh, it's not perfect. And we don't even know. They don't tell us who the person is, the game management person in Sirianni's ear, but it's, it's just something that's on my radar that could, they could do a little bit better. And the interesting thing is, uh, so Sirianni's obsessed with this. On Thursdays, right. on, on, on Thursdays, he watches every single, every single clock management situation that is assembled for him, I assume, by the quality control staff or the video staff um, around the NFL and in Power Five conferences. And, uh, you know, without, like, speaking out of turn, I, I, I know that there are situations in games, like obscure situations in games, that if you were to ask Nick Sirianni about it, uh, he would be aware from, like, random games. This situation happened and that situation happened. I wrote a story during the Super Bowl last year on like how obsessed they are with situational football uh, and like preparing coaches 
for these, these particular situations. And Sirianni was asked today about two of those from yesterday. The one that Jamie asked me about, um, this wasn't clock management, this was more game management. Mm. And that was the third, the, um, when the, in the fourth quarter, seven point game, the Eagles stop Washington on a third and one, and there's a penalty on the play. And they have the option of going the fourth and the fourth and one. Nick Sirianni said fourth and a half a yard or third and six. And Sirianni elected to push them back to third and six. And the decision there, uh, Washington got seven yards. They were able to go, you know. So would you and, and we'll get to the end of the half thing that you that you brought up too, because that came up. But because you guys talked about this on the show, would you have accepted that penalty and pushed them to third and six? Or would you have forced them to try to get that yard or even potentially kick the field goal on fourth and one? I didn't have as much of a problem with okay. that decision. I think I probably would have taken the fourth and short just because okay. you, you had just stopped them there. Yep. And there's no guarantee that they would have even gone for it just mm-hmm. yep. because Ron is so conservative. And also knowing that those third and mediums, they were not defending them super well yesterday. But I didn't, I didn't have a huge problem with that one. So then the end of the half then, and what, what, what we're, we're referring to here is Devontae caught the ball. They did not use the timeout. You know what? That one I wasn't – it, it okay. wasn't even that. Oh, that's not what you're – No, about. because okay. that – I actually thought that they were rushing to the line because it, yes. was, it was a – they didn't know if it was a catch or not. Um, oh, and they didn't want okay, it to get, yeah. and they didn't want the, yeah. the call to get stopped. And I, okay. I thought that that was what Nick was going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's just like it's some of the play calling stuff. These like okay. these like long runs that serve no purpose when it, you're already in field goal range and you need to get to the end zone. Okay. All right. I I, I thought you were talking about the the clock. I, no, I didn't. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, because what Nick said there, and I'm I'm, I'm going to read. He likes his, to keep the timeout. Yes, you're you're looking at if you call a time, and we're talking about when Devontae caught the pass. Uh, if, if you call a, a timeout, then you've got the ball with 38 seconds, no timeouts, 37 seconds with no timeouts, I, I believe, at the 26, or you don't take the timeout and you get a play run, and we ended up snapping the ball at 20 seconds. They obviously reviewed it and everything, and you go from there. He said it's a matter of if you want to hold that timeout or, or not. I didn't have a problem with that, actually, in real time either, because what you're trying to do is, is set up the potential field goal right. if, if you right. get sacked or get tackled in inbounds. So I don't have a problem with holding that timeout either, but I do know that's something that came up and it came up in his press conference today. And the one thing you, I mean, you brought this up on the, the postgame show and it was a good point going back to the touchdown, the A.J. Brown thing. I liked his explanation of if you take that shot, it's going to change the way that the defense plays you and, and maybe it opens things up for the third down, uh, which I, I liked. It was almost like, you know, he kind of hoped it was incomplete, but um, I was I, just that he's thinking through that stuff. I thought was good. Sure. Yeah. Now uh, there are, there are very few things that happen that I, I don't think Sirianni either thinks through or then thinks through subsequently. Like he mm. he does put himself through the ringer in that regard. That's probably why he looks so tired all the time, right? Yeah. Um, and I say that as a compliment, lovingly, as, as someone who often looks tired because <laughs> I tend to put myself through the ringer yes. on certain things as well. Uh, but not, not but not at the ringer. No, at PHLY yeah. proudly. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought those were some, some game management things that, that came up that were uh, worth discussing. You know what would be an interesting, uh, you could use as potentially a synonym for clock management? What? Game time. Yes, that is a terrific transition. And it's, it's the playoffs right now, okay? And a quick little anecdote here. Uh, last year, during the playoffs, the Eagles had... 
Uh, it was a Sunday free. I think they might have had the, the Thursday game before. They were off that. Yeah, because they were in Houston, right? Mm. No, no. Houston was during the World Series. It was. Anyways, they 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 had uh, there was a there was a Sunday free when the Eagles were playing when when the Phillies were playing, and I went down to the ballpark, and I'm like, I'm I'm gonna get a ticket outside, and I was not successful getting a ticket outside. I'll admit I'll admit that. If only I had game time on There's my phone. There's a little more to the story, but... Yes, you know. if only I had game time on my phone then, which I have now, I wouldn't have had to worry about that because buying tickets to your favorite event should not be stressful as they were for me. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and the best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. There's so many... Fun events coming up. The Phillies, like we said, are in the postseason here. Uh, the Sixers and Flyers are around the corner. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld's this weekend. You can check that out all on Game Time. Just browse through the Game Time app and talk about upcoming events. It well, well <laughs> there are flash deals and last minute tickets. Easy to find uh, and for tickets for every kind of event in your area. Images of seat views and lowest prices guaranteed. Uh, forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event like I could have experienced last year had I had Game Time on my phone. It's the fastest I mean, growing... You would not have been snookered by... No, by yeah. someone on the outside. Yes, yeah, by like having, scanning your ticket and being told that it's yeah, not a real yeah, one. We don't need to get too into that. Um, it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Uh, you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. And that's a good thing for Poe because his email is all clogged up. He's, he's not an email deleter. That is definitely true. Now, snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. What's your guess on my, uh, my Gmail inbox? I would guess 47,859. Well, it, the, the inbox is 3,500, but that doesn't include Don't like the, the, the other tabs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. on my phone, it would yeah. be... Okay, that, that combines everything. What What's was your, your guess? 42,000? 47,389. On my phone, it's 101,700. That is absurd, Bo. That is absurd. Yeah, but it's such a daunting number. Like, why uh, that number? I'm never going to pare that number down. Like, why? Why don't you just go and you 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 can select uh, all? I mean, yeah, I could delete a couple. Red. No, yeah. or, or just click all of them as red, and then you start at zero. Well, I'm not going to lie to myself. I mean, if you're not going to read a hundred, how far back do these unread emails date? Well, I'm probably over a decade, I would imagine. That is absurd. What if there's an important thing in there? What if there's a well, promo? I read the important emails. What if there's a promo that you missed? Uh, how well, how do you know you have 100? What if there's a promo that I missed? Then I will continue going on my life, <laughs> okay. not worried about the promo that I missed. Ah oh, man, from yeah, from yeah. 2016, the the Groupon for getting a massage. I'm good. It's <laughs> a it's a very specific reference. Well, right that's there. like yes. a very common Groupon is the uh, the massage. I'm no Robert Kraft. Okay, I, I, let's. I want to unpack. This, this is no Orchids of Asia. This is this trying to think massage. of the common Groupons. <laughs> that seems like the most common Groupon. I think. That's I. That's that's you speaking there. It's a very specific <laughs> reference. <laughs> well, 
you know, we have five days a week during the summer that I, I think we should devote a segment one time to uh, to your Groupon targeted ads, but we'll do that. Okay, yeah. sounds good. Okay. Um, speaking of, I can't really think of a of a connection here, but let's. Okay. You wanted to talk about the officials in this game. Well, the officials in this game and the officials around the league, because uh, I know that's an issue today. Uh, there's a lot of talk, of, obviously, about the way that Jets-Chiefs game ended. I didn't like that call on Sauce, on Sauce Gardner. Uh, and the game was officiated in a very, I thought, an aggressive way, the, the Eagles game, that is. 11 penalties for the Eagles. Some of them were merited. The Landon Dickerson offsides penalty was, was a weird one there. So I, I actually sort of changed my mind on the Dickerson okay. one. I, I mean, I, I do think it's a, a silly call. And I do. I definitely think it's one where whether it's the league or Rivera before yeah, the game was exact, like, that's you know, saying. watch yep. out for this. Yep. Like this should be called. Uh, and yes, it is ridiculous that Dickerson's helmet is over the ball, but uh, Jonathan Allen or Daron Payne, whoever yeah. it was, their hand is like touching the ball too. I think the mechanics of it, like the ref who's looking, like he doesn't have that overhead view. That's a good point. Right, you're yeah. on the sideline. You're just looking yeah. at the helmets. Their job is to look at the helmets. It's probably hard to see a hand, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's like, and it could have been on the other side of the ball from where he was. I sort of understand that missed call, and I'm sure that that was like this. This is an emphasis. So that one, I'm gonna like sort of absolve them on, even admitting that it's a ridiculous yeah. call to begin with. As I see how that mistake was made. As I was watching the game back, the the one that I thought was a little much, um, the slay. That no. was the. I thought that was the worst call. Oh, the slight holding. The slight pi. Yeah, yeah, the pi. That's what. Yeah. Okay. That I was see that. that was like great defense. He barely touched him, and McLaurin didn't even ask for a flag. Yeah, I actually thought Edmonds on the sideline. Mm. I didn't think that was unnecessary roughness there. I didn't think so either. But uh, I don't know if you were listening to the, the. You usually do listen to the broadcast as you're watching. You know, the, I guess the rule is that if the foot is out of bounds, okay. it can be called, and they're going to protect the quarterback. Okay. I like. I don't yeah. really fault Edmonds for the play because yeah. he has to sell out in order to stop the first down, but I also sort of see why that one is called. Okay. Yeah, so uh, that, was, that was one I there. thought the Bradbury one was bad, too. I thought that ball was, was uncatchable. Okay. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. And then, then what do you think of the uh, grounding? Yeah, I didn't like the grounding call, but, but I think I'm trying to remember. Andrew's shaking his head. He didn't like that. Andrew, our producers, do not stand I think job. the Eagles benefited from one of those. In either last season or the year before, I can't remember exactly when it was, but I remember there was one where a, where a quarterback threw it down the field and, and they got one. So I don't know. I mean, it is silly. He was it was a miscommunication, right? But also, real quick, shout out to Andrew. Um, I I I read all the iTunes comments on mm. the pod. Everyone who sends me a message inbox zero on the on the iTunes comments. Everyone who sends me an email, a Twitter DM, an Instagram DM, I read them all. And and one of the things that I know kept coming up was that when I'm on remotely or we have Baldinger that you hear the echo. Uh, and and credit to Andrew because uh, from you know I, I think that was better on this most recent show for the audio listeners. This guy's a stud. Uh, yeah. So we are but if I you want you see somebody walking around in Philadelphia who looks suspiciously like Miles Teller. <laughs> Or if you see Miles Teller, yeah. Or if you see Miles Teller, give like Andrew, Andrew a shout out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so no, I. Uh, but ask I, him if you're rushing or dragging. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that the uh, that the audience knows that uh, um, we are uh, listening to all your feedback. We're you know three four weeks into this, and and uh, yeah. So anything that can be done to make the mm. show better, let me know. You can email me at zach at allphly.com. Uh, I read every one of them.
He clicks read at least. Read at least. No, I, I read every email. Yeah. I okay. read every email. Well, since you read every email, I, I'm sure that you have read Rich Hoffman's newsletter yes. from this morning. He does an awesome job. Does a great job. Yeah. I've, been, I've been loving that. Shout out to Handsome Rich. And uh, made the good point about uh, like the role of Randy Bullock in Eagles lore and how Randy Bullock winning that Bengals kicking competition in 2017 ended up landing Jake Elliott in Philadelphia. You wanted to talk a little bit about the, the legend of Chicken Little. <laughs> well, Jake Elliott has been... Do you think he's the best kicker in Eagles history? Yes. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would go on there. Here's a, here's um, yes. a Berman-level uh, mea culpa, moa culpa from me, mm-hmm. is, is there was that period in, I think it was 19. 20, I think it was. It was a 20, when yeah. after he had signed the extension, he was oh. bad for a stretch. Okay. And that, that contract looked really bad. Okay. Because it was like you were betting on a position that is, generally speaking, not super sticky year to year. Uh, there's usually a lot of variance. And it was like, well, they really, like... They really overpaid for this guy who's just okay. And since then, he's been awesome. And mm-hmm. it really is a, a nice luxury for them to have to, to just not be worried about those 50-yard you know, yes. field goals to win a game. So a, a few things there. You, you mentioned 50-yard field goals. Uh, he, has, he has four field goals from 50-plus yards this season, which is one shy of tying his career high. All right, it's, it, like, yeah. Think about that. He's kicked the 60-plus yarder. Which is um, a little bit of an indictment of the offense. Uh, that's what I was about to say. Uh, there was a stat that I, I, I tweeted out yesterday during the game, and it's uh, one, uh, Jake Elliott's been awesome this year. Awesome. Like he's, he's been money for the Eagles. He's helped them win games. He's also kicking too many field goals. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. He's 13 of 14 this year. He has the most field goals in the NFL this year. Uh, and, you know, he's, he, he's 92.9%, and he's kicked these from long distance. But last year, when the Eagles' offense was outstanding, in 16 games, he was 20 of 23, mm. okay? So through four games this year, yeah. he's almost, like, he's, he's more than halfway to last yeah. year's total. Um, that's a problem. And we obviously know in the, in the Tampa game, they were, they were one of five in the, in the red zone, and that contributed to it. Uh, but even more, they're sending Jake Elliott onto the field too often, and they're going to have to have these drives finish with touchdowns more than field goals. No doubt about it. Uh, I also wanted to, when you brought up the kicker competition, it's been... Um, Where's I, Caleb Sturgis these days? He's down in Florida, actually. Yeah, I, I did know that. I, I looked him up this summer. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> but okay, after we do my Groupon yeah. massage thing, we'll do, we'll do a day on why you looked up Caleb Sturgis this uh, summer. So Jake Elliott... Uh, for those who, do, who don't remember, I just want to give a quick little backstory mm. to Jake Elliott here, okay? Jake also a bad job by the Bengals. You don't draft a kicker in the fifth round and then cut no, him. No, I, I, I agree with you there. <laughs> so Jake Elliott started kicking. For those who don't know, and I know you know, and you can actually read about this on Underdogs, in the Underdogs, mm. Eagles Emotional Road Super Bowl victory. He was brought out uh, at, um, for a kicking contest in high school. And he kicked a field goal out of the stands. He, like, won a competition to kick out of the stands. That's how he became a kicker. He's actually more of a tennis player. He's considered by some to be, like, the best, when I say best athlete on the team, not timed athlete. Right, not athletically, but in terms of could play any sport, yeah. Yes, he's kind of like the Bo Wolf in that ping pong, golf, um, baseball swings. He said yesterday he loves to be in these clutch situations. 
because uh, he's always kind of been in them. In, in tennis growing up, he was a high-level tennis player. He, uh, he says he, he's, hit, he's hit game winners in baseball. Um, you know, I shouldn't say game winners, walk-offs in baseball. Um, we've seen him. Game winners is still accurate. In, in clutch situations. Uh, Jimmy Kemsky from Philly Voice has a tweet out, like, ranking the great Jake Elliott kicks. And there have been some pressure-packed ones. We all remember, of course, the Giants won to win the game. Um, no more but, misses. But then uh, the Super Bowl one, to make that an eight-point game, was a big kick. Uh, the Raiders game that year in, like, frigid cold temperature. to win. So he's, he's just been clutch. He's been awesome for them. Um, he's a core player. He, he's a key player for the Eagles. And, yeah, I, I think I, I, I just thought a little minute of appreciation for Jake Elliott because this year has been his best year. And uh, he's just he's so money from long distances. Also, one thing, too, Nick Sirianni doesn't watch field goals. Mm. Does that surprise you? It doesn't surprise me because I've heard him say it before. He said that in the past? Well, I heard he said it today. Yeah, you well, told me yesterday. I mean, yeah, and then I asked him why. Yeah. yeah. But isn't that weird that he doesn't watch any field goals? I don't goals? know. It doesn't strike me as that weird. The guy's a psycho. He's, I mean, he doesn't watch field goals. Like, he, he looks at Michael Clay. And Michael Clay. Yeah, goes, but he's a, he is a, uh, a control obsessive, and this is a, in a very important yeah. play that he has no control over. That's true. Okay. Makes sense to me. Mm. Yeah, he says it's not an indictment of Jake Elliott. He knows Jake Elliott's money. Right. He's just, he says he gets real anxious. He says it's not a superstition thing. Yeah, I think that tracks completely with everything we know about him. It's kind of like uh, Billy Bean not watching the games, right? Yeah, it's the exact same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Did you catch any of uh, of Daryl Morey today? No, I did not. Oh, okay. What did you you learn from Demo? I I, I thought he was... uh, I saw some tweets from yeah, Kyle and Derek. Yeah, I, I, can't, I, I can't wait for our Sixers coverage this year. They're already off to a strong start, and they'll be in Colorado Springs this... Uh, um, Fly and, out tonight. Yeah, they'll be in Colorado. I, are they in Colorado Springs or Fort Collins? They're in Colorado. Um, you can make sure, uh, check out all that coverage on all See if they, Maybe they can enroll in a Zach Berman class. That's a good class, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to be a grad student at Colorado State, mm-hmm. though, for that. All right, well, Zach, FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It is the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season, so you've got your overalls, your hoodies, your hats, your sunglasses, your bags, everything you need for a game. FOCO has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets, which you see right behind Zach. They always have our back for Philly sports, and they have yours to get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non-presale items. Use the promo code PHLY for 10% off. Uh, Zach, we've come to the part of the show where it's time to look back on what happened on our show last week. Uh, in terms of Goose Wisely, I know that you have been anxiously Awaiting what happened, and you made a uh, a key mistake here. I don't know if this uh, was on your radar or not, but in Goose Wisely, uh, we'll get to the draft in a minute. But in in Goose Wisely, I had I hit on Jalen Hurts passes for three hundred yards. Mm. I hit on your uh, golden egg. Hassan Reddick has at least one sack. You went for the Eagles have at least six sacks. They had five. Mm. You hit on somebody on the Eagles has at least two receptions for the same yardage. Congratulations on making the right decision there. I hit on my golden 
egg, and this was where you made a little bit of a mistake. Okay. You had the Eagles have under 30 minutes of time of possession, and uh, the Eagles have uh, over oh, 30 minutes of I time of possession. You should have said win or lose the turnover battle. I took have uh, over 30 minutes, and they just creeped over thanks well, no, to overtime. I, sh- I should have done 50% of the game. Yes. Because that would have accounted for overtime. Correct. Yeah, I did not think the game was going into overtime because I have not covered an overtime game for the Eagles since 2020. There you go. The tie. I believe that's what it was. All right. And then I also hit on there are more total points in this game than Sixers wins last year. So a resounding six to one win for me this week. That puts me up two to one and 11 to nine in total points. It's a long season, right? It's a long season. You don't win the Super Bowl in week four. Now that was definitive. It's time now, I think, to hash out how the rosters went last week. And we could pull up that graphic now. Uh, I think, you know, I will admit that on offense, I, I was sort of banking on the big difference between Jalen Hurts and mm-hmm. Sam Howell. I don't think they had much of a difference yesterday. Were you impressed with Sam Howell? I thought, I thought he comported himself decently. Comported I, himself decently. I, Would I, you say he was cromulent? <laughs> fairly cromulent. Okay. Now, if I'm Washington, I'm still looking to upgrade this offseason. I, I don't think Sam Howell's going to take you uh, very far. Um, but thank you. Good job, Andrew. Uh, he was, he was doing it. Andrew was, was doing it slyly. He told me to bring my mic closer. Um, he was probably doing it so that you wouldn't necessarily address it. Yeah, I know. That's I like exactly that you're, what he was you're doing opening it, up the, uh, yeah, the, I'm curtain. Up the third nice. wall. Yeah. Is that what it is? The third wall. Sure. Number one. And I, he's in, he's the ace producer. I want to give him credit. Okay. Um, I think you could actually even still go closer. Could I? Hmm. Is that, is that better? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm working on my posture. Okay. The posture is important. Yeah, I feel a little bit hunched over in this chair yeah, sometimes. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so but I also don't necessarily want to do the full lean back. No, so I review the... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I, I review the film too. Yeah. And when I review the film from last week's show, last Friday's show, I was saying I was getting a little too comfortable, hunched over there, and so I wanted to make sure that... Yeah, not for me. ...that the back's straight, right? Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, I... I that's, but then it looks like you've sort of like... You're, you're trying too hard? I mean, come on. Who are you talking to? Here? <laughs> well, fair point. <laughs> um, but uh, I thought Sam Howell was... I find myself doing the lean a lot. I the, thought Sam Howell was decent. The thing is this. I don't think Sam Howell's the kind of quarterback... I kind of look at like Gardner Minshew in that year in Jacksonville. Okay. Like, he's fine, you know, but you're not going to win big with Gardner Minshew as your starter. I don't think you're going to win big with... Uh, Sam Howell as your starter. I think that's probably true, but I, I, he's better than I thought he was, at least based okay. on yesterday. That's um, coming from a Wake Forest guy too, so you know you know you're giving the Carolina guy credit. About North Carolina football. Uh, <laughs> Brian Robinson, DeAndre Swift, I would say close to a wash yesterday. AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard a huge edge over Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, and Logan Thomas. Now McLaurin and Dotson had their moments. I actually thought uh, Thomas was better than Dallas Goddard yesterday. I mean, I guess, barely. I mean, production-wise, right? Yeah, but not not really anything he did. And then uh, OZ and Curtis Samuel both did some stuff. Your offensive line, I I mean, I guess you get the edge. I made a mistake taking Tyler Steen instead of Sua Opeta, so I'll give you the offensive line edge there. I still think that mine could have held up against your defense if we flip if we flip to the defense. Uh, now, real quick, by the way, spoke to Jordan Mailata after after the game. He, was, he, he said like he wasn't in a good spot after the first half. 
He Chase mm. Young's a really good player. He gave Chase credit uh, for the way he, he said he, he wasn't playing to his level in the first half. Thought he played better in the second half. But go on. Okay. Uh, yeah, I had uh, Jalen Carter. Now Fletcher Cox had a big game, mm-hmm. and so him Cox. Carter, Sweat, Chase Young, Montez and Sweat was good, but Chase, you're right. You're, Chase like, Young and Hassan Reddick both had sacks. Yeah, the defensive line was was pr- close to a wash, probably. Neither one of us uh, had Nicholas Morrow. I think my secondary was much better yesterday. Slay Bradbury Blankenship. Yeah, but he's my fourth. He's my fourth corner. He <laughs> okay. wouldn't even have been on the field. Now I did take Percy the Butler, who was not super involved. Yeah, yes. so you uh, actually don't have a safety. Yet. But you also don't have Sidney Brown. No. So, so uh, I don't have a corner. I don't have a slot corner. Yeah, I mean, I I think that I came in today prepared to maybe give you the win just because Sam Howell was so good. But looking at it again, my receivers against your Garbanzo being secondary, I feel pretty good. I think I'm beating up your offensive line. But it didn't happen yesterday. True. True. The Eagles didn't play well enough on third down. That's true. They had a lot of pressures. They, they, it didn't turn into sacks. Uh, Sam Howell, to his credit, did a good job escaping, escaping mm. some of that pressure. Yes. Like Josh Sweat. Sneaky athletic. Jim Josh Rat. Sweat was all around him. He's not sneaky athletic. He's just athletic. No, no. That's the joke. It's... No, I, I understand. But I'm just saying he's... Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's athletic. Well, then I guess in this case, you know, if you're not going to fight for it, we'll we'll side with what the uh, the people voted for. Okay, which what I think I think on Twitter was like 77 percent in favor of Bo. So last night? No, this was last week. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. You actually have to see the game, and you look. Well, Eugene I agree, Kratt, but you're not fighting for Eugene it. Kratt, no, I I think people should vote now. Like our live audience, and I all I see on the screen right now is Eugene saying ZB win. That's one person. I don't see anyone. I, do, I mean, do you see anyone saying Bo win up there? Yeah. Every single person. I see a lot. I don't see a single bow win. I don't see a single bow win. I, 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 I see locked on the screen there, ZB win. So, Eugene, thanks for deciding, man. Uh, no, that's not how it works. Okay. Um, of course, me... you, you invent the rules as we go. Yeah, I'm telling you, I, I don't think you've made a, a compelling enough point. Uh, Jonathan Gowan is the only guy that gives Landon problems consistently. Yeah. Hmm. Jonathan Allen's on whose team? Uh, yours, I guess. Okay, yes. Okay, yes, okay. interesting. Oh, oh, how about this? This is interesting. Here's a comment. Uh, <laughs> Bo Wolf says Bo wins. Uh, so there you go. Yeah, that guy's a minion if I've ever seen one. Mm, oh, win, no, Bo win. Yeah, Bo win. Yeah. Now they're all coming I, yeah, in. Everybody, coming. They, they thought that it spoke for itself. They didn't yeah. need to talk. Now now the floodgates have opened. Z- Zach, uh, we, got, we got Steve saying ZB. Zach Frayne saying ZB win. You got multiple, you got repeat commenters. Eugene Krabs doesn't get uh, to, he doesn't get to vote multiple D times. D saying ZB win. Ah, the, the, the uh, Jalen winning quarterback. Come uh, on. Okay. So quarterback, okay. Um. <laughs> this we'll week see. will be interesting because the, the delta between Jalen Hurts and Matthew Stafford yeah. may not be so high. Now Stafford's a little banged up right now. Uh, Jordan Rodriguez, the outstanding reporter from The Athletic, who covers the Rams. Might get a chance to talk to Jordan on the show later this week. I hope so. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll find out more about his status. But like we said on the show last week, Cooper Cup's status is going to be uh, big to watch. And you, as a noted wide receiver draft um, expert, what did you think of... Uh, Puka? Yeah, coming out. I, you know, I don't remember if I had a strong Puka take. I think he hit things that... I liked, but was a little too old. A little too old. That was okay. probably my... But man, his numbers. Yeah, he's been very impressive. Yes. Look forward to seeing him. Uh, all right. Well, tomorrow, Zach, uh, we're going to talk to Brian Baldinger. We are live at, what are we, 1 o'clock tomorrow? 
Yes. I think that's uh, right. It's a little tight, I think, to the coordinators, but I'll, I'll make sure. I'll have to drive a little. I'll have Jeez. to drive fast. Yeah, I, I've, I've seen you drive. You are not lead-footed. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. Um, <laughs> so we'll talk to Brian Baldinger. We're going to have a, a little discussion about Jalen Hurts, the runner, mm. um, which we had so much news on the show today that we didn't get to. Yep. But I, I think this is an interesting part of what is going on this season. We'll, and you asked Nick Sirianni about it today as I well. I did, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. So plenty to do this week on the PHLY Eagles podcast. No show on Wednesday, back on Thursday and Friday. Um, so plenty to do ahead of a, a week five game with the Los Angeles Rams. You look like you have one more last thing to say. I have so many things to say, but good thing is we're wearing your Sam Howell Carolina blue. We have three more shows to get into. I did not wear this for Sam Howell, but okay. Carolina blue. Fair enough. Maybe okay. it's a, a Diami Brown Carolina blue. Mm. Yeah. When's the last Eagles player who went to UNC? Nay Brown. Really? You think Was, it's been that long? Has it, I don't think they've drafted a UNC guy since I've covered the yeah, team. I don't think so either. Have they, maybe they've signed or had like on un, Zach Brown. Players. Did he go to Zach UNC? Brown? He did go to UNC. Okay. That's a good one. Wow. Nice job. I win. That, that was it. That decided who won. That decided so who I'm won. So I'm 2-0. and okay. oh. uh, That's exciting. We'll, we'll see what happens moving forward. So for all of us uh, here, for Andrew, Miles Teller, <laughs> for Zach, for Emily, the birthday girl, we thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow. And as always, we love you. Thank you.